Arsenal won. Manchester United got thrashed. Australia won, and Nash is looking a bit unhappy today after India's big defeat against Pakistan. Welcome to another episode of the Crick Blog Podcast, where we'll be discussing all things T20 World Cup, and there's been plenty happening, um, a lot overnight. Um, before we go into the nitty-gritty details of, um, of what's been happening in the World Cup so far and our thoughts, we'll touch on the India-Pakistan game. Nash, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Um, bit disappointed, obviously, but as I said, um, there's absolutely no shame in losing to a, to a team like that. Uh, they came out all guns blazing. They were on the on the top of the game, and uh, they absolutely outplayed outplayed India at, at every stage. I've got a lot of jinxing powers, as uh, you know, as uh, one of my followers know. Um, but one thing I will claim is that Pakistan. I think a couple of weeks ago, I was saying that they're definitely a side to watch out for because of how motivated they're going to be in this tournament. Um, and they started brilliantly yesterday. Shaheen Shah freed with that opening spell, and then Baba Azam and Mohammad Rizwan sealing the deal. I mean, before we go into the match, probably in a little bit more detail, when you looked at the India team before the game, what were your thoughts? Um, I know I'm trying to take hindsight out of it as much as possible, but I think with, the, with a, a bowling attack, we've got five bowling options with Hardik Pandya not bowling. You've picked Mohammad Shami, who's still, I think, not nailed the T20 format with Neshwa Kumar's out of form. Um, I think that puts a lot on uh, Jasprit Bumrah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. But as Virat Kohli said in the press conference after the game, it, he went in with the 11 that that was the best playing 11 at that time. And he was absolutely right. These players have are tried and tested. These players are experienced at the, at the international level when it comes to T20. So... Um, yeah, it, it's, disappo- it's disappointing not seeing Hardik Pandya bowl because if he plays in the 11, he has to bowl. Um, yeah, agree with that. Again, his batting prowess. Mm. Yeah, and but but again, his batting prowess is such that he can get by not bowling because he can provide. Well, the Hardik Pandya we all have seen and we all know he can provide that uh, you know flurry of finish at the at the at the death overs, but. He, even he is in, in form at the moment. So he tried his best yesterday, every, as every other player did. But again, we we just ended up on the on the wrong side of the uh, of the game. What would you like to see from India, like going forward in the next couple of games? Is it a change in personnel in the eleven, or what do you think? Sort of the uh, the next action needs to be. Well, I think we need to worry about Hardik Pandya's injury as well. If he's if yeah. he's a sure non-starter, then I think there's absolutely no brainer that Shadul Thakur has to slot him into that um, into that position because he gives that he gives that uh, cover to the batters and the bowlers because he can bowl a lot better than Hardik Pandya. Let's face it, he can't bat as good as Hardik Pandya, but he can give those uh, you know uh, big hits at the at the death overs in the last couple of couple of overs. Um, and just can't prove to be the deciding factor in whether India finishes at 150 or 175. Incredible uh, a stat. I was you know, previewing the game yesterday, and since the beginning of 2018, India have not won a game defending a score below 160 uh, in the T20 International. Which that is really surprising. Surprised me, and it yeah. came to the fore. 
came to the fore again yesterday. Uh, that, that's yeah. a big surprise. And I think now with, you know, you talk about Hardik Pena's injury and then you bring in Shadow Takur. I think Shadow can bat. There's no question about that. But it still worries me India's finishing now. I think Hardik Pena was a very important part uh, of that aspect of the game. Yeah. Is that a concern for you as well, the finishing? I mean, look, it, it is a concern to some extent, but that the key part for this this batting lineup is just for those um, number three, number four batters to stay there till the end. At least one of them, yeah, one of the top four has to stay there because all, even you know, KL Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, and Surya Kumar, all of them can finish innings. Let's let's be honest, uh, they can accelerate at at the death, and they can uh, they can take their score from. 150 to 180, you know, in a matter of a few balls. So it's really key for those four, one of those four to stay there till the end. And then you obviously have Rishabh Pandora in the Jadeja to give them that company with the big hits because as we saw yesterday, Rishabh Pan again, you know, uh, partnered with his captain out in the middle. And yeah. those two, that partnership was the most important, probably the most important partnership of the game for India. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, so it's one to keep an eye on, I think. And it'd be interesting to see as well, I think, from an outsider, what India do regarding their bowling attack. But I think having Shadow Takur in that team, if it's forced, I think it'll be a good addition because I think I was a bit surprised he was left out of the team yesterday. I think he's been very impressive, not only in the IPL, but also in international cricket uh, in the test matches. And whenever he's bowled in limited overs for India, he's changed uh, the complexion of a game. He's got that ability to, to find a wicket for you um, whenever you need it. I think for Pakistan now, I reckon a lot of people, maybe including yourself, <laughs> will, will take a lot of notice of them. Uh, well, one concern I've got maybe about Pakistan is they do rely on their top two or top three. The middle order is going to be tested throughout the tournament. It wasn't tested yesterday. But there's no doubt that they are a, a dangerous team. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. And I was even talking about it with my friends before before the game be began and before the tournament began. That those yeah. two at the top are probably the most important partnership for them because after that, it, it's it's it can be um, you know either here or there. So those two, and you're you're absolutely right. The middle order wasn't tested yesterday for Pakistan, and those two just did the job because even those two know that. After them, it's sort of it can get a bit choppy after them. So those two have to score and face the most number of balls and score the most number of runs for for their team. So and you know there's not wrong, not not a lot of wrong that India really did in the game. Um, it's just right it's from that shine. Exactly. In the, in the opening spell, wasn't it? I mean, like, you tell me. Have just you, some gorgeous have you seen, bowling. Have you seen a better spell than that from um, in the in, in T20s? Probably the Wahab Riyas spell comes to mind back in 2015 to Shane Watson. But this was Shaheen Afridi's spell was probably one of the best gorgeous. I've seen in T20 cricket. It's beautiful. He's swinging the ball at pace and from that height. <laughs> It's very, very difficult to play, especially early in your innings, like Rahit Sharma getting that ball first up and then K.O. Rahul getting that delivery early as well. That's just an exhibition of bowling. And if he continues that form, Shaheen, 
a lot of teams, you look at Australia now, for example, if they if Australia play Pakistan later in the tournament and Shaheen Shah Afridi's in that form, <laughs> Australia's openers are a little bit iffy. Uh, that's going to be tough to handle. But Shaheen in this form, unbelievable. So good. And that's going to be a real uh, advantage for uh, Pakistan going forward. They've got this win and they look so motivated. Rami's Raja uh, said it before the tournament. You know, when they have all those cancelled tours and those broken promises and the heartbreak that they're going to use this World Cup as an opportunity to sort of show what they're made of and bounce back from it. Yeah. Um, and they showed it in their first game. They showed it in yeah. their first game. Absolutely. And, you know, someone like Shadab Khan, who is probably the weak link in the bowling attack, even uh, only went for 22 of his scores, uh, of his four overs and yeah. also picked up the key weaker of Rishabh Pant, Karan Bowl. So, Literally everyone chipped in for them, except Hassan Ali, who sort of went for a few, but um, in the end got a couple of tickets as well. So the, it, it, was, it was just an all-round performance. It was a non-Pakistan-like performance from Pakistan yesterday because when you play Pakistan, you sort of expect these uh, couple of, you know, um, misfields and just a couple of funny incidents here and there yeah. that just changes the course of the game, a run out here and there. But, you know... It was absolutely clinical from Pakistan last night. But having said that, sorry, having said that, I fully expect India to come back strong. I fully expect mm. India to know what they are doing in the next game. And it was just funny. Like I saw the press conference this morning and it is just absolutely mind-boggling to what extent the media will go to just create controversy. I don't know if you saw that, just one of the Pakistan... Yeah, one of the Pakistan journalists was asking if you would drop, if you're at Kohli, would drop Rohit Sharma. I mean, what, what even, how did you, how do you, how do you even think of that question? And how, if, even if you think of that, how do you have the balls to say that in a press conference in front of the entire world? I mean, it's just, it's just mind boggling. Yeah, Virat Kohli's reaction was everything, wasn't it? it was and and Virat Kohli, to his credit, to his credit, all the players involved in yesterday's game have handled the defeat with a lot of grace. And, um, you know, that's in the end, that's what it is. I mean, I've seen all these comments on, you know, it's, it pains me to say this, but it, I've seen all these comments on Shami's Instagram account and, you know, you sold, the, you sold the match and this and, this and that. I mean, it's, it's shameful. If you, if you can't support your team at their worst, please don't expect, you know, um, to benefit from when they are at their best. So, an absolute grace in, in defeat from India yesterday and the way the pictures that came out last night after, after the game of, so Dhoni, of Dhoni and Kohli and everyone, it was, it was absolutely really heartwarming to see. And, um, you know, the players setting an example there. And I, I'd like to see that, you know, between the supporters or fans uh, on social media as well. And, and you know, it is. Opinion, like, you it, can have banter, but... yeah. And to a large extent, there is like to a large extent, the majority of the population yeah, yeah. of both countries like handle it gracefully. But there's that, you know, two percent, three percent population of from both countries that just um, you know doesn't know how to handle it, and that that's what is shown in the media. So it, it is there. It is it is shameful, but it is there. Yeah, I agree, and. Um... Just on a on a, a related note, it's you know I'm not you know for a T20 tournament like this where every team can can produce a great performance on their day, making predictions is really difficult. But one I was really confident about was Pakistan in the semi-finals. 
Um, and they've made a brilliant start. Another one is I think India will bounce back, as you said. But the group... I mean, India has to bounce back. There's no other way. Well, I think they will. I think they will. Afghanistan, Scotland, and Namibia in that group as well. I think India win those three games. Um, I think group, group one looks the group of death. But um, group two, I think India, that game against New Zealand could pr- prove crucial as well. So I think... And, and for all we know... Look, to bounce back. Look, the, 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 the tournament, the format, and these teams, especially Pakistan and West Indies, and we'll speak about the West Indies game in a bit uh, as well. They, they are teams such that, you know, Pakistan play New Zealand next tomorrow. They, they will, Pakistan might lose that game horribly, and West Indies might come out and yeah. score a 250 in the next game. Those, those two teams are the yeah. most unpredictable teams in cricket. So you never know. And it's the format is yeah. such that, that, that it allows it to happen. Pakistan coming into the tournament so fired up and so motivated for me, I think gives them such an edge when they've got that sort of yeah. mindset, makes them even more dangerous. So fascinated to see what happens in the coming days. Uh, you know, I think the results over the weekend has just created a little bit of a, well, an interesting backstory for the coming games. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so Pakistan looking good. They've got to continue that. It's backing it up with another good performance because consistency has been their issue over the years, making sure they can come back and perform well in the next game. And then India coming back and performing well this weekend as well. Before we touch on other games, Shabel, um, let's touch and talk about Australia and South Africa. Um, what happened there? Uh, Australia... Pressure. Pressure through the roof on that. Yeah, I, 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 I've got a question here. I've got a serious question here for, for yeah. you as an Australian fan and all the Australian fan, mm. fans out there. David Warner, David Warner's performance, David Warner's form has been a worry lately. And to couple Mitchell Marsh's failure in the first game with that, that... Aaron Fitch, top, so that. Exactly, Aaron Fitch. That top three have not fired for a while. Uh, well, Mitchell Marsh did fire in the West Indies tournament, but this is where it matters. They yep. have to fire. Where do you think Australia will go from here? It's interesting because I was saying in the lead-up, it's that, well, the, in the last couple of months, well, even the last 12 months, to be honest, is that the top order for Australia is, is our key in T20 cricket, and our finishing was the big worry, but it was the other way around. Um the other way around. I think what the situation shows now just puts a lot of pressure on Steve Smith, who I said has a very important role in our T20 team, and his innings was very important in steadying the ship and getting us into a position where we could win um, win the game. Maxwell, pressure on him, and then Stoinis. Um, but I'm very happy to see Stoinis and Wade finish the game very well. That was very yeah. pleasing. Yeah, from I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, but, but onto the top order, that's a big worry. Uh, Warner did play a couple of nice shots um, and it looked like he was getting back into his rhythm and finding some form again. But it just wasn't enough. Finch looked all at sea. Um, that's a worry. He looks completely undercooked. He hasn't been in the runs consistently over the last couple of years. And Mitchell Marsh, as you said, the pressure is now on. The attention, the speculation, the stakes are a lot higher now in this World Cup. So can he make that number three position his own in this tournament? These are questions we have to answer. I don't think we'll make any changes for the next game in terms of dropping one or anything like that. Maybe Mitch Marsh might move down the order. Potentially, that's what Australia might see 
um, as an option and putting Smith there at number three. But, you know, that, that chase of 118, we made it very, very difficult on ourselves uh, through, I think, a very poor start. And if we continue to bat like that in the tournament, we're not going to be a threat. We're not going to be a threat at all. Do you blame the pitch? I've seen I've seen a lot of um, comments on social media it was a, that you know it's the pitch because that's why Australia played you know in such a way. But I I don't feel the same because they it was as a little said, bit in the pitch. Been, yeah, absolutely. But I, I I personally feel they have been a bit under undercooked, as you said in the in the in the previous months. So that maybe that's the reason. What do you think? The pitch had a bit in it, bit of bounce, a uh, bit of pace in it as well, which was good. There was uh, some assistance for the spinners, but. But no, I think these players are experienced enough and seasoned enough to uh, produce a little bit better, you know. And um, even being a little bit busier at the crease and, and picking the gaps better, I felt that was an issue. Um, but yeah, I think that the pitch had something in it, but you're going to come across that in this tournament. You're going to have to find ways to score. And uh, that's the worry for Australia. But there are positives and there were, you know, the bowling was, was excellent uh, against the Proteas and, and I think the finishing under pressure from Wade and Stoinis, I think, had a big question mark on Matt Wade down the order, but he came in and hit a couple of crucial boundaries and uh, I, didn't, I don't know if he played a dot ball even, which was fantastic. And then Stoinis as well, finishing really well too. So positives for Australia and you look at South Africa's batting worries, West Indies, very inconsistent, Bangladesh inconsistent, Sri Lanka, Still uh, question marks about them against the uh, higher-ranked teams. There's an opportunity in that, that group. It's a very tough group, but you never know what can happen. You never know what can happen now. So it was, it was, the main thing is was getting that win first up. Yeah. I honestly think Australia and England will make that will make through to the semifinals on that group. I think it's still early for me to say we will make it. I, yeah. I, I've, still got, I've still got my worries about us. Um, but... And I think South Africa made it easy for us too, in the sense that they only allowed, well, they only scored 24 runs off Glenn Maxwell in the four overs. So yeah. that made it very easy for Finch to say, I don't need to put the sixth bowling option in. My yeah. fifth bowling option in Maxwell has taken one for 24 off four overs. Absolutely. They haven't, they haven't taken him on. So I don't think, you know, other teams are not going to give you that luxury. They're going to go after Maxwell. They're going to go after anyone who's, you know, they feel they can target. So, um, you know, and then the question of whether Australia can only play, you know, the one specialist spinner in Adam Zampa going forward, that's going to be something that they've got to answer to. So very good to get a win, but there's questions to answer. Scratch, the, positive is that you're gonna, yeah. the positive is you can answer those questions off the back of a win rather than a loss. So things to work on, but, it, but it's a positive start overall nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking from a South African point of view as well, um, Aidan Markram in the middle order has, again, performed for his team really well. Those those big guns have again played David Miller, Andrew Klassen, you know, Quinton de Kock at the top and Rassi van der Dusen. Um, those four are... And, you know, I don't want to speak about Temba Bawuma because... A lot has been said about him in the in the in the months leading up to the up to the World Cup. But what do you make of those four key batters? Obviously, Aidan Markram has performed, so we don't we won't speak about him at the moment. But um, what what do you think of those four batters? Aidan Markram, uh, crucial to their team. Uh, he's averaging over forty for the year. Strike yep. rate nearly like one forty five, one fifty. So he's on fire. So 
you know, he just didn't get the support. And yeah. that was the disappointing thing. Um, Miller, David Miller reviewed one. I thought he hit it because of how quickly he reviewed it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was plum LB. I think, yeah, you're right. Rassi van der Dussen came into the match off the, the, the warm-up 100 against Pakistan. So he came into the game in some form. The cock is a crucial player. The way he was dismissed, disappointing. That was really disappointing from South Africa. A lot of fans, you know, favoured the protests in that opening game because it was South Africa who came into the tournament in great form. I think they'd won nine of their previous 10 T20s and they won in the West Indies. They smashed Sri Lanka away from home. So they were coming into the tournament, as compared to Australia, a lot more settled, I felt. Like they had a team playing together uh, for the last few months. But it's just in tournaments, you can't rely on them to perform. And that's that's an issue. That's an issue still plaguing them. What do you make? What do you make of that? Like, yeah, do you absolutely. Agree? I think think I'm being harsh. Oh no, absolutely. I think I agree because you know they have been a bit scratchy in the in the months leading up to the up to the World Cup. Yes, um, they heavily rely on a couple of batters. Yes, and if those don't chip in, there's no backup because yeah. Um, you know, those, I see those top six and I see a lot of talent and skill and T20 experience. You know, you got Baguma, you got Decock, you got Randerson, you got Mark from Klaassen and Miller. Those are some good T20 batters. Uh, they have shown time and again that they can do the job in the T20 uh, format. So when only one of those six batters fire, it's going to be really hard for the, for the team to set a target. And I think 118, the, the game against Australia exactly showed that because not, not a single player, well, Miller got 16, but not a single player went past that. Mm. And only Markram scored a 40. So you, you can't yeah. win games with that kind of score batting. No. And I feel South Africa have scored a lot around the 160 mark this year. They've, they've, they've won a lot of games scoring 160 and then their bowling attack, which has performed very well against Australia as well. The bowling attack's been very good this year. And with Shamsi in that kind of form leading the way is very positive for them. But I think if they can find a way to get 160 regularly in this tournament, that, that's going to be a tough score um, to chase or it's going to be a tough score to, to score against South Africa because they've got a good bowling attack. But the question is, can their batting fire consistently? And I look at that team and I say, you know, how many of that top six can genuinely destroy a bowling attack on their day? I'd say Miller can, but how often has he does? How often has he done it the last few years? Yeah. Uh, and De Kock. I think Markham's a class player and can do it too. Um, but those two, Miller and De Kock, they're the most experienced. They have to deliver for South Africa going forward, and they've got a West Indies the next game. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's, that's what I was going to say. Well, South Africa have West Indies in the next game. Both of them are, are coming from a loss in. Um, you know, when, yeah. knowing West Indies, it might be that they score freaking 200 uh, or 250. Correct. That's what I was saying yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing and, the West Indies, they can come out and score 200 plus. Um, and knowing South Africa, they might blow the West Indies away too. So that's yeah. so unpredictable. But yeah. what those two teams need, and speaking about South Africa, he's an element of predictability as well. Yeah. If you want to do well in a tournament, you have to have some sort of predictability about you in terms of your consistency. You can't afford to drop a shocker one game and then perform well in the next game and then drop a shocker again. In a, in a tournament like this where the stakes are high, there's only two spots up for grabs for the semifinals in a tough uh, group of six. You have to be consistent. That's correct. 
Um, Australia played the next game against Sri Lanka. Yeah. Uh, do you think Sri Lanka will again go for that four baller, four fast baller prong attack? Uh, because um, you know they they have banked upon that for for quite a while now. Obviously, they have some really good spinners in Asaranga as well. But those four fast bowlers, um, you know, Fernando, Chimira, Kumara, and Karuna Ratne, uh, they yep. really they really bank upon those. So, do you think it, it, that's the way to go against Australia again, or do you think um, maybe it depends if um, depends if Thikshana is available? He was out yesterday um, with an injury. He was superb in the first round of uh, the tournament. Um, the matches at Dubai, which can suit the seamers, as we saw yesterday with Shaheen, uh, there's a bit of movement and, and, and uh, some assistance there with the new ball. So I think Sri Lanka might go with that approach if Thikshan is not, um, not fit. But, um, you know, a few months ago, if I had said Australia-Sri Lanka, I thought it would be a, a comfortable win for Australia, but that's not what I'm feeling at the moment. That's going to be a tough game because Sri Lanka, they've got a few good players in that side now. Yeah, Look at yesterday, Truth Asalanka, um, fantastic. Rajapaksa as well, fantastic. Sri Lanka playing confident cricket, and they're going to give Australia a tough test later in the week. So, a lot of good uh, games to look forward to. And uh, Charit Asalanka before yesterday's game had 70 runs, 70 T20 international runs to his name, and he performed really well yesterday. Like, he, he, his innings was probably the most important innings of the game. Um, for, uh, sorry for stating the obvious, but uh, and he batted beautifully. He batted. He knew when to attack. He knew which balls to attack, and he knew which balls to take singles and doubles. So it was really good to see them um, see him in such a form. Well, yeah, he's, he he played in the T Twenties against South Africa. Really struggled, you know, in the lead up to the tournament in that series at home to the Proteas. The Proteas won that three 0 and Asalanka was really struggling batting in that middle order. He's never been a player that has fired in T20s, even at a domestic level. His strike rate's always been about that 120. So for him to come out yesterday in a tough chase, dominate like that, that is so good for him and so good from a Sri Lankan perspective as well. It adds another dimension to their um, to their team. So more of the same from him and the Sri Lanka are going to be a tough side to beat all of a sudden. Absolutely. And don't get me time. wrong, like Sri Lanka were reeling at 4 for 79 after 10 overs. Yeah. So and chasing 172 against a good bowling attack with Shakib and Mahedi Asan in there. So uh, it was really credit to uh, Asalanka and Rajapaksa, the way they paced the innings, the way they calculated their one chase. It was really good to see that. Absolutely. And what they did, they put Bangladesh back under pressure. So they asked questions of Bangladesh. And I was tweeting last night, I said, Bangladesh just hadn't been tested enough in crunch pressure situations. So, you know, while I praise Sri Lanka for their excellent performance, their excellent chase, the decision-making of Bangladesh yesterday, you know, Mahmudullah leaving Shaki very late, Litz and Das dropping those catches, um, just making poor decisions under pressure. I don't think that is a reflection of Mahmudullah as a leader or um, as a captain. I think, I think he's a good captain and I think he's been a wonderful cricketer for Bangladesh. But the problem is that they've come into the tournament unprepared. That's the fact. I said, I tweeted last night, it's, it's all well and good, you bowl an inexperienced Australia out for under 100, inexperienced New Zealand lineup for under 100 on your home pitches, very particular, specific pitches. But when you're going to come to the World Cup, you're going to play on slightly different surfaces. Sharjah yesterday was a lot better for batting, by the way, 
You're going to come up against those pictures and you're going to face pressure situations. How are you going to respond? And they just weren't prepared enough. They weren't tested. They didn't experience any of that in those conditions at home. So then they come into the World Cup and it's all very new to them. They're not prepared. So I think that's the reason why they, they, looked, they looked lost. When the pressure was on yesterday, they just they, they really struggled under pressure. And it was the same with that Saiful Dino over the fifth last over they went for 22. Yes. So and, and that's why it's a, been... that sort of approach, that sort of approach from Bangladesh, just winning in specific conditions and doing whatever you can to win at home, but then you're not setting yourself up for success overseas. It's going to hold you back. You're never going to realize your potential. And I worry about this team when Shaki retires. He's 34 now. Mushvik is about the same age. Mamadoula is the same age. There's also Tammy Mikbal who's not in here, not in the tournament. He's around the same age as well. Who have they got coming through? Not enough. Not enough. So I'll be honest, Shabal. I've been enjoying your little rants on Twitter regarding Bangladesh and uh, their, their preparations. <laughs> Just, just chatting facts, like because, you know, I had some Bangladesh fans come up to me in, uh, earlier in the year, and they say, "Oh, you know, you're hating on us, and you, the team's building confidence. There's nothing wrong with winning at home. Fine, but you got to prepare well. You got to put yourself in the best possible position for when you're faced in the World Cup in crunch situations that you perform well. I was impressed with their batting yesterday. I thought they batted very well. Mushfiq Rahim played beautifully, but it's doesn't matter if you can't produce a, a full performance. And that was a really disappointing loss for Bangladesh yesterday because that was a great chance to start the tournament. Uh, sorry, start the Super 12s on a, on a positive note. A lot of good games coming up, Shabel, uh, especially South Africa, West Indies, Pakistan, yeah. Zealand, Afghanistan, Scotland today, Bangladesh, England. That, that's going to be a good one as well if Bangladesh can really hold uh, England to a low total if, if they bat first. You know, Australia, Sri Lanka. So a lot, of, still a lot of cricket to be played in the tournament. And where do, where do you think the tournament yeah, it's still is still early? From here? Mm. It's still early, but um, you know, I think West Indies South Africa will be interesting because West Indies getting rolled for fifty five like that. That's just unbelievable. And I, a lot's going to be on the likes of Nicholas Poor, and he's just not performing. And I worry that this guy's not going to reach his potential. So hopefully he proves me wrong and a lot of fans wrong and delivers against South Africa. That'll be an interesting game. I can't tell you which way these games will go, a lot of them. I and, can't. And I'm really excited to see the West Indies game because West Indies is such a team that they, on, on, exactly. on, on face, like in front of us, it might not look like that they, that they even care. But we know that they'll be wounded. They'll feel like a wounded tiger. And that's when it's so dangerous. They might just... Every player back batter in there can score a 20-ball 50. And that's Easy. what's scary. But what I, what I desperately want to see from the Windies, if you're going to play Chris Gale, open with him. Yeah. Just open with him. You know, like, number three does not suit him. He struggles in that position. Everyone struggled again in the game against England, don't get me wrong. But if, if you want to get the best out of Chris Gale... You have to put him at opener. Absolutely. And if you want to play Simmons, that's okay. Pop him in at three. Um, but the problem is you're just not going to get the best out of Gale batting him at three. Get him to go in at opener and just tell him tee off. Tee off from ball one. Uh, he can get you a very quick 25, 30 off 10 balls and then you're off and running. And then all of a sudden the opposition's playing catch up. That's got to be the, the approach of the Windies here. Because 
yeah. Number three, you need, I think, in this sort of tournament, your number three has to be a very busy player, um, almost like an anchor player. Chris Gale is not that player. He's a boundary hitter. So you open him with him. Two massive games for us. Both of us as fans are Australia and mm. England uh, next Saturday, and then obviously India New Zealand next Sunday. Where do you see that Australia England, given the kind of form England is in, where do you see that game going? Uh, let me worry about Sri Lanka first. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a fair point. <laughs> I think that that's the key for us. I know it's very like it's a massive cliche. Oh, one game at a time, but that's very important. You don't yeah. want to overlook Sri Lanka. That's a yes. that's a tough game. So, especially given Australia's form, when by no means invincible or you know the finished product. You know, if you're going to an England game two and zero, oh, that's some nice uh, momentum to come into a very important game. But if you lose to Sri Lanka, then it becomes even tougher. I think so. Top three runs for the top three for Australia, and that game is going to be crucial. That's the thing I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, and of course, I think the form of Mitchell Stark as well. I think we want to see better from him. Uh, but Hazelwood and Cummins, particularly Hazelwood, so happy um, for him. Um, what do you want to see from India uh, in their next game? Very important that they bounce back quickly. Oh, absolutely. And I think they will. Uh, no doubts about it because they know what they have done wrong as Virat Kohli said in the press conference that they know they know where they stand they know what, what mistakes they made and that's a good thing going into the next game because then that they can work on those mistakes um, and they were completely outplayed so there's not a not a lot of wrong that they did so there's only little minor tweaks here and there that they need to fix and I think they'll be good to go in the next game that Hardik Pandya injury is, is a real worry mm. Uh, it would be really interesting to see who slots in there if he's not ready to uh, play the next game. But if he's ready, I think all the outside noise of you know Hardik Panda has to go if he plays. And I agree with that. But knowing this Indian side, if he if he is fit, I think they'll go with this in team uh, for the for the next game as well. You want to pick Shadu Takur over anyone, even if say Hardik's fit? Oh, you know there there is a chance of that happening, but. Uh, it's a real tough one because, because the, look, doesn't the form of like Bhuvneshwar Kumar I think is his bounce back before in his career but his form is a bit of a worry for me Shami is still inconsistent in T20 so I think I think this game is crucial for India because it's New Zealand yep. and uh, the three games after that are very very winnable in terms of Namibia Scotland and uh, Afghanistan so yep. win this one and you, you you put yourself in a good position again so got to get that bowling attack right Absolutely, but uh, the, the risk always uh, will be there that if you play Shadul Thakur, you play a better shot, almost a better shot, because let's face it, Ardik Pan is a lot better batter than Shadul Thakur. You, you, you can't not necessarily that. Not necessarily Shadul for Hardik. Say if Hardik's fit, would you still play Thakur maybe over one of the other seamers, or would you still stick with those same seamers? Yeah, that could be a, that could be a good chance to play him over someone like a Shami or Bhuvneshwar. Mm. But again, you have to see where their mind is at as well. And uh, mm. I, all I can say is, let's say Shami has had a bad game. That's it. Everyone has a bad game. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, but uh, yeah. again, nothing, you know, it's, it's dangerous to say, because it's, these sort of tournaments are such that they, they can, things can happen quickly. It's a long tournament. Yeah. Yes, India plays five games, four, four or five games, but it's a, things happen quickly. And if you don't, 
get your team combination right early on then it's uh, you know then it's really difficult for you to come back at the la- la- later part of the of the tournament so i think personally i wouldn't go with any change um and i think india will virat kohli will do the same if everyone is fit i think he will play the same team yeah yeah no that's fair enough i think you know there's still a lot of quality I, another one probably haven't touched on is do you find a way to get ishan kishan back in the team not definitely not for sharma but <laughs> you know do you find a way to get him in the team um that's going to be hard too so i think it's also the, a big game coming up the only change that can happen is if let's say for hardik pandya is not bowling then you can slot ishan kishan in place of hardik pandya um yeah and just slot him at number 3 and push everyone down one or maybe let's say shankishan can slot in straight away at number 5 or 6 and then change given that it's actually it's new zealand and they have a couple of left handers you can even think of bringing in ashwin you know um mm. they got devon conroy they got tom latham you got you got those players who um those left handers and as we know ashwin's track record against left left handers it's mm. absolutely mm. brilliant so um Sorry, Tom Latham is not not in the side for the. No, he's not, he's not in the Cup, squad. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they got a few left-handers in there. Jimmy Nisha and, and Ashwin's and had a good record against uh, uh, Kane Williamson in the past um, in, in international cricket, so could be an option. But yeah, I think you know if Hardy Penny's not going to bowl, and you want to find a way to get Ishan Kishan in the team, go for it because he's in wonderful form and he can add yeah. a, a dimension to that batting uh, batting lineup. Yeah, if you can find a way, maybe slot him in at four. drop uh, pan and then you know that maybe puts you out of security out of too low so depending on the situation you can sort of be flexible there so incredible week of cricket to come I reckon uh, hard to pick um, as i said earlier in the podcast i think probably the most or the thing i'm most confident about is probably pakistan reaching the semis i think they look fantastic they look fired up great performance by them india got work to do a few other teams have got work to do It'll be very interesting to see how they respond. Nash, thanks for your time today and have a good rest of the day.